Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Money. Mindset. This podcast is brought to you by the book Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. It's the five-step method to getting money mindset. Getting more money into your pocket, more time in your day and less stress in your life. Get your copy today. You can pick it up on Amazon in print kindle or audible version we also give away some free training with every book bought which is automating your finances to get more me time so you have more time to do the things that you love with your with your day get your copy today today we are joined by erica stanford who is the author of crypto wars fake death missing billions industry disruption She's the founder of Crypto Curry Club, the UK's number one rated business and tech networking event. And she's also lectured on crypto at Warwick Business School and is a blockchain industry uh, expert. So thanks so much for joining us, Erica. Thank you for having me on. Nice to be here. Cool. So first of all, is Bitcoin a bubble? Um, yes and no, which doesn't really answer your question. I think Bitcoin, Bitcoin in itself, no, it's it's incredible. It's the first digital currency. It's, it's brought about some sort of game-changing technologies. It's changed the way people look at money. It's changed the way people can transact. It's it's a digital store of value. So Bitcoin in itself, no. Um, I you know I I think we're only just starting to sort of see the tip of the iceberg of of the potential of of how Bitcoin and you know some of the the digital currencies it's spurned off can be used and how, how it will be used and and the ecosystem is is only in its infancy in terms of sort of storage wallets and in terms of of how we can send it and store it securely and, and the user experience so you know I, I think in that sense we're only just at the beginning of what we'll see around bitcoin in, in many ways but that's saying that the market's not just around bitcoin but more especially around cryptocurrency but but also including around bitcoin are manipulated um you know that there is some quite sort of heavy and sometimes quite overt manipulation around the the the, the Bitcoin and, and crypto markets, and you know at, at, at times sometimes the, the price of it really does get pumped up and then it gets crashed down. So you know, no, I I wouldn't argue that that Bitcoin and the technology is is an, anything to do with being a bubble, but that's saying because of how the price is manipulated and sometimes how high it gets pushed and then sort of crashed down. I think there's that there's certainly been times. When when the the price has been pumped up maybe quicker and, and faster than than it might have done on its own accord had there not been sort of manipulative forces at play. But that's you know that's just a, an opinion and based on speaking with a lot of people in the crypto space. So for people listening at home, explain what Bitcoin is as simple as possible. So if someone's listening at home going. What is this Bitcoin? I've heard loads about it on the news. I've heard loads about it on in the media. How would you explain Bitcoin, crypto, and blockchain? Because they're very different in each space. Maybe just just explain that to someone listening at home. That's it, it's always the hardest question. So Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency, it's the first of digital currency in in that sense. That, so it's secured by encryption. It's it's sent on a, a relatively new technology called. Um, blockchain. So, what what Bitcoin is? It allows people to send or anybody to send money peer to peer, so from one person to another without needing a third party. So, with Bitcoin, you can store it fully digitally. It's like a digital form of 
of money, but one that isn't controlled by by banks or, or central governments. And the, the the differentiator there is with with banks or sort of central governments or uh, central banks or governments controlling monetary supply, they can change how much money is in circulation. So in, yeah. you know now we're seeing quite a lot of extra printing, i.e adding more money into circulation, which effectively decreases the value of what is already in circulation. And we're seeing quite a lot of that. And there's some extreme cases around the world. Venezuela is arguably the most extreme at the moment, but there's quite a few cases of that all around the world. Whereas Bitcoin, it's it's set by algorithms. So it was set at, at its start that there would only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. Yeah. And and the way it's, it's, it's sent and you can't add more bitcoins you can't sort of create more bitcoins so there'll only ever be 21 million bitcoins and they're, they're stored digitally and they're stored on, on blockchain which means that if you send transactions you can see what what those transactions are so you can see that this address sent x amount of bitcoin at yeah. x time to that address and, and so forth so you've got a lot more transparency arguably than you would with with digital currency um, but also because it's it's because of the way it is, it's not controlled by a third party. It's outside of sort of government jurisdiction. So you know, for many people, it enables them to send uh, money abroad or to send money in a sort of an external store of value when they otherwise might not be able to do that with with government fiat currency due to blockades or due to to, to blocks by their governments. Yeah. Ah, great. The way the way I think of it is like. Think of it if it was like a essentially it's trust. That's that's the main biggest essentially it's trust. You can't change anything in the, without changing all the blocks. But the way I think about it, it's like think of it like a library. So each block is like a book, and each essentially they're all like you can't change anything in this book unless you get the essentially the, the publisher without actually changing all of them together. So I just think of them like essentially they're like stores of data in these books, and you can't change them unless you actually actually go to the publisher itself and change them but even then you can't do it because i mean that the way sort of blockchain then works is because all all of the the information about transaction is not just stored in one computer or on one site for example so even if you try and change the the sort of the data on one node as well you have to do that simultaneously on on every sort of computer node that it's stored on so that the way Bitcoin works is you can't really undo transactions. You'd have to have enormous amounts of energy to be able to go back and and reverse the the data that's already been added. So the way it works is once you've sort of got information or, or data of a transaction on or on the blockchain, then then time elapses. You need more and more and more energy effectively to go back and 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 change that. And then there currently isn't anywhere near enough energy in the world. Um, in, in, in computing to be able to do that so it's not possible to go back and and sort of change the information that's added you can add on more information but then you've always got that trail of at you know at this time Neil sent or this Neil's address sent this to that address and then afterwards at this time this and this happened yeah so essentially it's a store of value it's you can use it as an exchange and it's also a unit of account and it's decentralized so government can't essentially with fiat money like the pound a dollar the euro essentially they government central governments can print as much money as they want whereas the beauty of bitcoin the good thing about bitcoin it's got a limited amount so it's only got like 21 million 
actual coins that can be put uh, in that's actually existed. So there's a limited amount. And if you understand kind of going back to the kind of economics, the kind of basics of economics, if there's, you know, limitless amount of supply that, and there's a increased amount of demand, then the price is going to kind of increase that because there's a limited amount of kind of blocks or a number of kind of Bitcoin out there in the world. So that's super interesting. So we're going to cover a bit about, you mentioned about energy and we're going to cover that later. That's super interesting about kind of the environmental impact of Bitcoin and how that affects the environment. But let's talk about your book. So super excited. I mentioned um, Crypto Wars, Fake Deaths, Missing Billions and Industry Disruption. And I just said today, amazing. It's I Open Money Week. Your book is Book of the Week. So congratulations, Erica. That's, pretty- that's, su- that's super exciting. And thank you for sharing with that with me. Uh, yeah, I didn't no, know that until you mentioned it. So that, that is super exciting. You asked about sort of the cryptocurrency coins themselves well there's you know there's over ten thousand cryptocurrencies now most of which are worthless and going back a little bit the you had in in 2016 to 2018 mostly it's not not exclusively then but but mostly you had this sort of ico bubble this initial coin coin offering bubbling so and and you know taking a step back from that the, the concept of an initial coin offering is is fantastic it's a way that you can create a new cryptocurrency or a new project and uh, and use that as, as basically like a sort of decentralized fundraising platform. It's like crowdfunding that's accessible to anyone. You don't have to put in large amounts of money, but you can do so with cryptocurrency. As a sort of a pure raw concept, you know, it's, it's really cool. It allows people to invest in projects that they choose with small amounts of money and to, you know, gain tokens and stuff for it. And you know, as as a sort of a core concept, it's it's a really cool idea, and, and there's some companies that that use that as a crowdfunding mechanism, and you know, it worked really well, and they raised money, and they've gone on to build really cool companies, and the people that invested early have done very well, and that's also true for some of the earlier cryptocurrencies. You know, that the people you know got in early, invested, and you know, invested a bit of their money for the the project to be built, to be developed, and and have done very well out of it. The problem with the ICO era is, is people got excited about it because it's this new technology and they're offering digital money and people saw that, you know, lots of people had done well out of getting into digital money early on. So they wanted their share of it. So you had these thousands of, of new sort of projects came up and, and you know, the, the majority had no innovation, really. They basically just, you know, often sort of paid freelancers to put together a website and a logo and yeah, with with the code for for crypto it's, it's open source so you could copy the code and create your own cryptocurrency so you could you know for for a couple hundred dollars really you could have created neil coin and yeah. you could have decided well, i'm going to have 10 billion neil coins and you've got the neil coin logo and you buy the neil coin website and yeah you want a white paper sort of saying roughly what neil coin's going to do but you can either pay a freelancer a little bit of money to do that or you can copy somebody else's white paper and just change the name of their coin to neil coin and yeah. you know then you've got to you know plagiarize and and you know not unique or honest white paper but you've got something and then you you know pay a little bit of money to list neil coin on a few listing platforms and you know bob's your uncle you've got your own neil coin cryptocurrency and you can sell it and you you know you you tell people well, this is going to be better than bitcoin because because it's going to blah 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 whatever your reasons yeah. are whatever claims you make 
and and people invested in them and yeah partly because there were some really cool new ideas out there genuinely and and partly because of hype and people got excited and people believed the claims and what sort of happened in that time is I think a, a lot of people just got carried away by the space you know there's a lot of belief that well if it's on blockchain then it's just basically going to change the world so if you just yeah. you know add blockchain into any sentence and it's going to change the world yeah. and, you know going going off peace there was it was called the was it the long island iced tea company okay. i think it was called the long island iced tea company and they changed their name to i you know, don't quote me on this google it but it, they changed their name to something like Long Island blockchain company or something, and then you know the, their shares went up like four hundred percent overnight or something, and I think they got investigated for market manipulation. But you know, the, 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 it was just this, this sort of crazy time where you could just sort of sit and you know sit on the side and and, and watch. And so, you know, go, going back to your question, can can you tell if these these projects are scams? Well, some of them, yes. You know, some some of them clearly, yes. And and some of the founders have already exit scammed, and and you know some of the teams have literally just left the project, raised a bit of money, just left, and it's just still sort of trading. And and sometimes the intention was to exit scam. Sometimes people raised this money and probably weren't really expecting to raise that amount of money, and and didn't know what to do with it. And you know they'd so they they just didn't know what to do, and and got a bit overwhelmed. And you know instead of building the project that they paid a freelancer to write that they said they were going to do didn't know how to do that or what to do so you know Eva decided that the money was better spent on buying nice offices or villas or supercars or yachts or prostitutes or dating or shopping or whatever or or, or just left with the money or you know tried to build it but didn't really know what they were doing so lost money so you've got with the I'm conscious this is a long answer with with sort of all the different cryptocurrencies you've got some that are you know, absolutely amazing, game-changing, have done well for their investors, really, really cool ideas, really cool technologies, but that's about 2%. And and then you've got 98% that, that's been sort of determined that have either lost all of their money for their investors or were scams or sort of failed projects. And, and that's a bit more gray because you've got, you know, of those, you've got some that were clearly scams from the start yeah. and that was what they were set up to be. And then other ones sort of on a sort of sliding scale of, you know, some just didn't have a good idea or some were just a bit useless or some some sort of squandered the money or some, you know, some got unlucky, some, you know, maybe started out with good intentions and then got greedy. So you've got sort of a sliding scale then. And, mm. you know, yeah. So maybe, I was going to say, we've covered quite a lot of negative stuff about kind of crypto. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, we've covered a lot of good stuff previously. So it's great to give a kind of a fresh perspective on it. But you were a lecturer on crypto at Warwick Business School on the cases and the applications on crypto and digital currency. Currency. So I get this question quite a lot from my clients and people who I speak to. So what applications can actually, or what can you, what can this be used for day to day? So everyone knows about kind of Bitcoin. Everyone kind of hears a hype about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. But what? Every, if if you are going to use it every day in the future, what is this going to be used for? What applications? can blockchain be useful or business how can essentially it's going to be businesses solving people's problems what 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 do you see in the future of this happening yeah and you know it's 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 probably sad to talk about the scam so much because that that is just one aspect of the space albeit it's it's been a large one i mean the 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 thing with crypto it it, it's a really really cool idea idea and technology and you know at, at the core all it is is a way to send money digitally from one person to another but with crypto you've got more transparency about how you send that money but also you can send 
this digital money in in really micro amounts and um for for really low charges and you know in some cases instantly now there's cryptocurrencies and cryptocurrencies and some are more expensive to send and slower to send and so forth but you know as as a concept you can send crypto really cheaply and 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 um to anybody in the world across borders it doesn't matter there's no sort of forex fees or transaction fees and 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 do so really quickly so it's just up a whole new world of potential use cases for example you've got a, a third of the world who don't have access to banking yeah. an, an estimated 1.7 to 2.5 billion people don't have access to traditional banking it's basically not deemed economically viable for banks to, to serve those people so you know in 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 that case you've got any one of those people if they've got access to internet or to a smartphone can have a digital wallet and, and can send and receive and store digital money safely so then that's a you know potential alternative to the remittance industry which you know yes works but charges exorbitant amounts and then just basically exhausts as much as they can out of the poorest people around the world or that enables things like micro loans or micro insurance payments or people to send home just you know one dollar a day for their family to, to eat food or you know in things like the gig economy to, to sort of not have the foreign exchange transactions so there's use cases around that you've got you know, some companies and travel companies are looking at using crypto just to pay for travel, to pay for foreign payments, because it cuts it cuts out the delays and the high costs of 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 sending money abroad, and specifically to some countries where it's not easy to do so. But then, you know, another really cool use case is because you can send these microtransactions. What you've got a load of of, of companies now looking, but you know, companies big and small looking at is is how you can pay for content or pay for things individual things with crypto so for example if you want to i don't know just to to listen to this podcast you know say normally or you know for music or whatever it is you know currently you can pay i don't know what it is 9.99 or whatever it is that you pay to spotify but whereas with with crypto what what the potential possible is that you don't have to pay the 9.99 a month that you can pay for what you consume. So, you know, one example of that is, is is in the newspaper industry. At the moment, not a lot of people want to subscribe to individual newspapers because, you know, maybe they don't really care where their content's from or they only want to read, I don't know, one article a week from this newspaper and one article a week from that, from that newspaper. They don't necessarily want to pay to subscribe. But if there's an option where you've got a digital wallet synced to your browser where you can just pay, I don't know, whatever there is, 10p or 20p or whatever it is to read this bit of content or, you know, to, to tip somebody on Twitter, on social media. or So you've got all of these potentials for sending these micro transactions yeah. really, really quickly in lifetime that aren't really possible with fiat currency just because of the way sort of fiat currency works. You've got third parties involved. There's a cost for every transaction. So it's not economically viable to send 1p or 2p or 10p or whatever it is digitally in, in, in fiat currency. It costs basically more to do um more to do that um then one of, the, one of the things i'm most excited about is the smart contract so there's a cryptocurrency called ethereum which essentially would it's different to bitcoin but essentially it's it's a disruptive industry and essentially it's going to reduce the amount of contracts that you need accountants or solicitors or mm-hmm. lawyers to actually get involved with so i bought a house recently and the process was absolute nightmare buying a house is an absolute nightmare and 
these you can actually set up these contracts, these Ethereum smart contracts, to it's almost like a computer program. And essentially it's going to reduce the amount of people power, how much hours people need to work to do these contracts. And yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be quite an interesting way to solve these problems. And yeah, three reasons, three things I'm excited about. The Bitcoin is a, is a well, we t- touched on it briefly. It's finite. It's so you can't produce any more Bitcoin. So it's finite. Unlike dollar, euro, pound, you can print as much as you like. There was a economist that I quite like called um, Hayek. So Frederick von Hayek, he won a Nobel Prize in the 1970s, and he basically was a free market economist. He and he talks about you can only have free markets in production, distribution, and if there's in manage. It's essentially if you, you end this kind of monopoly on central banks. So central banks have. A monopoly on printing money. If you ever remember playing that monopoly as a kid, the, if you own all the properties, then there's no way the poor little person going around the board is going to be able to compete with these big monopolies. So at the moment, with our currency, our governments own the the rights to print this money, and essentially, dis- having this kind of redistributed peer to peer system, essentially, it's going to reduce the almost the power that the governments have over us, which I think is super exciting. And essentially the third reason, I used to work in shipping. I used to do these things called, there used to be these contracts called bills of lading and you used to send these pieces of paper around the world. And it was always a kind of, what, why do we do this? It seems crazy. And because you're sending these pieces of paper around the world, if you can actually reduce this kind of, the, the amount of bureaucracy that's in the shipping, if you think of any, anything you're buying, this laptop we're recording on, if, Mm-hmm. anything just the food you eat is all shipped around the world and it's the amount of bureaucracy for these pieces of paper that is needed to do that essentially especially with brexit yeah it will reduce all this and essentially the idea behind a business it's going to reduce costs it's going to produce people having to do more work it's going to save time and effort and money and that's what i'm super excited about with kind of the world of blockchain yeah. there's a lot of sort of potential use cases i mean i think with blockchain it's getting less and less news today because it's not really all that glamorous it's just sort of software that's being used underneath things in in various industries but we are seeing quite you know quite a lot of applications crypto curry club tell us more about that so um yeah kind of any anything else you want to talk about and yeah if someone wants to come along to one of your cryptocurrency club uh, crypto curry club um talks how would someone do that yeah, so the Crypto Curry Club, anyone can find out more at CryptoCurryClub.com. Um, so we have a weekly newsletter, the Crypto Courier, which just gives out totally for free all the biggest uh, weeks, well, news of the week in, in crypto and blockchain and, and DeFi, but just condensed into super easy to read sort of bite-sized bullet points. So summing up everything you need to know in a quick sort of five, 10 minute glance over read. How would, they, how would they get onto that list? Um, that's uh, it's on the website. So anyone can subscribe at CryptoCurryClub.com. There's a subscribe button there. It goes out every Friday. We've got an industry publication, Blockchain Industry Review, that's out um, every month, except uh, starting again in, in September. So that's a, a an industry sort of publication with deep dive features and, and interviews in the space. Um, and we've got, now we've got a load of virtual events. So there's, there's virtual events happening. Um, we did until lockdown, it was all in-person events with networking events in, in London and the main tech hubs in the UK and, and also some sort of educational seminars and so forth. We do hope to start those again, just um, just waiting for the COVID rates to, to die down. So crypto wars, fake deaths, missing billions and industry disruption. 
So thank you so much, Erica. Where can they? Thank you. At home? So that sounds amazing. I really want to read this book. Where would they find? Please that? do. So it's well, it's it's about all of the biggest hacks and scams in crypto. So it just gives some sort of deep dive, juicy stories about how they came about, how they got so big, how they're still going on, why people fall for them, how how they managed to trick so many people, and you know also a bit of positivity about cool use cases of of crypto at the end. Um, in in super 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 easy to read. Um, language my my you know slightly elderly dad kindly guinea pig read it twice for me and confirmed it's it's very easy reading and everyone confirms that um so it's it's available um from all good bookstores it's available from amazon um it's available from the the main bookstores like waterstones foils blackwells w h smith i think w h smith listed it as their business book of the month i was super chuffed by uh and also direct from the publisher so koganpage.com and they're giving a 20 percent off discount so if anyone does want to get it from the publisher it there's a discount code which is crypto wars 20 so two zero which gives 20 percent off and they also they do a sort of a bundle thing where you get the the physical book and the the digital version sort of included in the price for that amazing so and it was book of the week by money week and it was it was described as a rollicking read by i love that a rollicking good read i i, I love that description i will share it with people before you go any other any books that you recommend or any kind of any quotes that you like or anything funny happened to you recently just to wrap up gosh i i'd love to tell you that i've had the time or energy to read books of late but i i haven't i've been an absolute philistine so <laughs> no I, I i i keep joking i would love to take a, a reading holiday and actually catch up and, and read some of the books that I've, I've got on a pile sitting waiting for me to read Audio. So no, I I, I can give Audio no books. no no the sources of that whatsoever at the moment, which is which is very bad. Yeah, you know, I'm a massive fan of audiobooks. It, I almost feel like I'm cheating by listening as I'm walking around. You kind of save your time by by. Well, I I used to do that when I was walking into the city, but I, I don't do that anymore. So, um, yeah. But you, well, if there's no book, you, you're welcome to say Millennial Money Mindset if you want the fruit. You need. I, 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 I'm sure it's a fantastic uh, read. So happy, happy to, um, happy to, to go with that. And it's also available on Audible and Kindle. And but yeah, thank you so much. That's that's been fascinating about scams. I've learned loads. So really appreciate the time. And yeah, hopefully the listener has learned loads as well. So this has been Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruit, you need the roots. Thanks so much for joining us. Please like, please subscribe, please tell a friend. Erica Stanford and check out the book, uh, Crypto Wars. And yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. See you soon. Bye. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Money. Mindset. This podcast is brought to you by the book, Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. It's the five-step method to getting money mindset, getting more money into your pocket, more time in your day, and less stress in your life. Get your copy today. You can pick it up on Amazon, in print, Kindle, or Audible version. We also give away some free training with every book bought which is automating your finances to get more me time so you have more time to do the things that you love with your with your day get your copy today money mindset i think that sounds alright